0: Thank you, that was Bill and Sharon Fields from uh, Bedford, Indiana. And they have been with us since day one. And not, not to be telling tales out of school, so i to check. If I understood correctly, Bill, this is your first time to read scripture. Like, well, well done, look at you. <clears throat> I'm, I'm sure you've read it off mic. Uh, I, maybe I should stress that. Uh, he, <laughs> He is acquainted with the book. Uh, Well, welcome to Friendsgiving. And this is a a marvelous day uh, because none of us saw it coming. Eric, I didn't think it'd work either. Uh, And I am the least qualified of anybody I know to lead such a thing. But God continues to use the weak to to show that he is strong in ways that just befollow my mind. And always surprise me. I want to talk about friendship today. And of course, when you talk about friendship, you need to talk about the German Teutonic Wars. So um, <laughs> this is, this is a, a subject which is not often taught or learned. It, in fact, it amazes me that so few people know because this redrew the map several times. It redrew language and culture and the like. But the, the middle of Europe was just a mess of war and slaughter for, for many centuries. And king conrad iii was one of the worst if he came up against you you were going to lose and it was going to be horrific what he was going to do to you the year was 1140. he came up to the uh, the fortified town of Weisberg. the people knew there's nothing they could do but they tried to bargain with him and he finally uh, the women said, would you let just the women leave? And he thought about it for a while, because it was that kind of king and those kind of wars where being a woman or a child had no protective value. And he finally said, all right, but you just, you just have to, to leave. You, can't, you know, can't pack things. And they said, can we, can we just whatever we can carry? And he said, all right. And so near on Christmas of 1140, the doors open, and the women of Iceberg came out carrying their husbands and children. That's what friendship is, really. It's a, it is a pledge to carry each other. Because everybody needs carrying. Everybody. The strongest person you know may need carrying more than anybody else. You think of Moses on the side of the mountain, a great general, a great leader. And yet the battle could not go Unless his arms were raised and he couldn't keep them up there. Somebody had to get on both sides of him. Somebody had to carry that battle. There are quite a few stories in scripture that that speak of true friendship. And we're going to be very brief today and not be heavy at all. But I want to talk about Jonathan and David. And let that one be our first one. Now there are stories about Jonathan and David that are fascinating and wonderful. About firing an arrow and all the other but this isn't a sunday where we're taking a look at the story of jonathan i want to look at the dynamic between jonathan and david the first king of israel for those of you that are new to scripture and we know we have a a lot who are uh, and some who aren't sure there is a god and we're glad you're here too you you will never be insulted or hurt by anything said or done here the first king of israel was king saul God had told them, Don't have a king. Kings are bad for you. If you look at last week, we, we even put up, you know, the, the, had the scripture about this is what having a king is going to do to you. And it does. It does. Yet yeah, they said, We have to have a king. So God found a handsome, strong, wise, good man named Saul. But then something happened to Saul, and we watch him deteriorating over his life. It could have been mental illness. It could have been uh, chronic pain because chronic pain will cause you to do and act in ways that seem like you're mentally ill. It could be a combination of the two. But something went wrong in Saul, deep inside his brain and his heart. Next in line for the uh, throne was an outstanding young man named Jonathan, Saul's son. We don't talk about him very much, but actually the Bible spends a lot of time on Jonathan. In first sam if, if you don't have much time to read about him but you want to read a bit just to get a taste of him and all of you online have pause buttons so you can come back and look plus the notes um, kirsten always makes those available in the link below on on youtube and you can find them easily um, but if you just want to read a few chapters first samuel chapter 14 19 and 20 14 19 and 20 and that will that will do if you, want to, if you may also want to read 2 Samuel chapter 1, starting around verse 17, to read David's lament when Jonathan is killed. It'll give you a good flavor. Jonathan, I think the people were waiting for Jonathan because Saul had degraded so much that there were problems. But they, Jonathan's going to be a significant upgrade. As, as somebody who's read quite a bit of history and lived through more of it now than I expected to, Um, you see that generally Kings degrade and they're you know they're the kids not as good and that kid's not as good and that kid we're gonna have to kill him you know that's that's Europe in a nutshell right there and tribal leaderships uh, in Asia and Africa have experienced the same thing and that is leadership wisdom and royalty shouldn't be linked to genes because it just isn't you know God makes each child new and doesn't mean that they're going to be capable but jonathan was capable he was good saul going off into self-centered behavior ignoring god jonathan focused on others and focused on god and this is really important for us to understand here the more you read about david and the more you're honest about what you read about david the less you like him because of the way he treated women the way he treated his army, the way he treated his people. He even had a hitman named Joab that would uh, go out and kill people he thought David would probably want killed one day. Anticipatory hitman. You don't get very many of those, but you got one in David and you got one in Joab. and And you wonder, God, why couldn't you have chosen Jonathan? And I don't know why. I don't. But as I said at the very beginning of this, God tends to pick the very unlikely to do his will. He tends to pick the ones we would not pick. So when you look down from the pulpit at your church and you might look around and you see doctors and lawyers. Why do we always pick those two? You know, teachers and first you're thinking, yes, yes, we're strong here. God doesn't look at things like this. he he might look out there and see a mess and go yeah that's the one that's what i want i got off (coughs) on our my flight home uh, when was that wednesday night late uh, about midnight and got off and the entire skyway all the way back was lined with wheelchairs i'd never seen that many people ready for wheelchairs for one flight and I thought, have I landed in Lourdes? Which, look it up. Uh, I, <clears throat> I, I, I thought, they, if it works, then they don't have to be wheelchaired back on the plane. But still, you know. Then it dawned on me, if God was going to pick a plane to do His will, He'd probably pick this one. The one that looks weakest, least able to do anything. Jonathan would have been an easy pick. But God didn't pick him enter Jonathan Uh, 1st Samuel chapter 13 verse 3 Jonathan led the battle yeah by this time Saul wasn't leading a lot of battles and when he does later it'll be tragic in chapter 14 verses 1 through 13 we find he's ethical he's a great warrior he's honest and he's just and sometime after David's defeat of Goliath Jonathan and he formed a friendship Uh, to be honest It looks every bit like a true friendship, but it looks like David got a lot more out of it than Jonathan did. And that's something which is a burden of friendship. One of the things that friendship has to be willing to do is carry someone, pick them up and carry them, which means one person's getting a lot more out of it than the other. There's a psychological term that we use when we discuss teens but we also now have found ways to use this discussing people of any age and that is utility potential and that is that teens tend to pick friends for their utility potential in other words something we get out of it there's a status there's an entree into a group uh, there might be physical affection or emotional affection there might be validation of uh, of their identity or the like but, and this is not an insult, teens, at all. This is, just, this is human. To pick their friends for utility potential. Sadly, some adults and business people do the same. Instead of picking them for what can I do for you, they pick them for what can I get out of this relationship. Jonathan didn't do that. David might have. But again, that would be putting thoughts in David's head that we don't have written down. So let's not assume it unless we have to. Jonathan actually started this friendship he went to David and he said I'm going to give you my robe and armor and we don't get that because we don't live in the bronze tending toward Iron Age and we don't understand the laws of succession Uh, this is I'm, I'm speaking in the United States of America where they had a war because somebody taxed their breakfast beverage royalty and kings are not actually a big part of the package here so the symbol of giving somebody your armor. You don't get new armor. Where are you going to get it? There's not an armor store. You're going to have to find people that smelt and that beg, and it's very difficult. Plus in societies and many, even today, you're not allowed to wear something unless you have a certain rank. Um, I actually have at my office, and i 've been going over it recently for another lesson in the future the Roman law on what you 're allowed to wear uh, you couldn 't wear a different color unless you were of this landed class, and you couldn 't wear a ribbon unless you were in this one, and if you had two ribbons, you had to be in this i mean every and hat style of hat, your clothes were regulated, and when a prince hands a shepherd boy his stuff he is telling him i'm abdicating because you are the one that's going to lead and be king next and his dad's the king he's going to notice the missing of the armor that comes up in wars jonathan made a formal position and made a formal change there Jonathan, in a pre-shadowing of the golden rule, is said to have loved David, quote, it was read, as himself. I would say he even loved him more because he lowered his position to raise David. And that reminds me of another great friendship, John the Baptist and Jesus. Whenever the people came to John the Baptist, who already had a big following, already had a very successful ministry going, and they wanted to talk about well, okay what about jesus he said i must decrease and he must increase and that's wow that's truly friend when david is brought into saul's service jonathan continues to be his friend and in first samuel 16 he expressly states that david is the true king of israel because of merit and because of God's decision. I, I just can't stress how, enough how shocking that is. When Saul drives David away, as he does, if you don't know these stories, these stories are amazing. They're horrific and they're wonderful all at the same time. Uh, Saul drives David away. You know, he, he loves him. You're the best and now I'm going to kill you. That's, that, that's Saul. Jonathan went to work immediately to restore David to the household household. Of the king getting back in good graces and he makes a formal covenant with david said i will support you and i will help you in any way two years ago that's the sort of covenant that was made by so many we received um, at first we received dozens of phone calls and then within a week we'd received well over a thousand emails the texts were in the hundreds now if you are 14 text in the hundreds, but these are, but these are people who spell out the words, capitalize and use punctuation. It takes them time. Therefore it's precious. You know, people ask me how old I am. I I say, I am old enough to use proper grammar on texting. Uh, That's, that'll show you right there. Within two weeks, I actually, and we, we didn't even thank some people because I got to where my head was hurting, trying to look at the screen to say, thank you. But the people weren't, I want you to understand something. They weren't rushing to raise up Patrick and run around the field. They needed each other to carry all of us because so many of you out there are isolated. So many of you have been hurt by churches. So many of you have been hurt by your religious experience. You drew near to God, it burned you somehow, and you pulled back. So many of you are looking for a place that just wants to talk about Jesus and leaves the politics outside, and just wants to talk about Jesus and doesn't say, you're all welcome unless you're like this. This isn't a church that runs around to carry Patrick. This is a church where Patrick and each other get to carry each other. And I hope you've seen that if you've written in for the prayer wall or uh, one of the things we always say is what can we do for you? And by the way, it's catching. We got a wonderful email this week from a family in Vero Beach, Florida that said, we are here. We're here for visitation. We're here to take care of baptisms. We're here for, they just did this great list. I'm going, yes. What are they doing? They're saying, we're here to carry people. Who do you need carried? Because this is all about Jesus. Well, Jonathan asked David to be merciful to his debt. And David agrees to do so. And he was. He had the chance a couple times to kill Saul. Didn't do it. Which sounds sounds like a really weak compliment. Doesn't it? You know, we like David. Why? Well, had a couple chances to kill a guy and didn't. Um, It does seem weak. It really does. Yet, David... And and Jonathan remain close, even as Saul descends into madness. Saul, in fact, demands a strike against the Philistines, and Saul and Jonathan both die in that battle. Jonathan's just a fascinating character, and I wish we knew more about him. His dedication to bravery, his courage. He was the opposite of David in many ways, and certainly the opposite of King Saul. For example, David, if you remember, used one of his... um, soldiers to go out and make sure that another soldier would be killed so he could have that soldier's wife jonathan leads a single-handed battle against philistines a group of philistines that had been trying to sneak in and as he climbs up the mountain with his sword he tells his armor bearer to get behind him if you don't know that's shocking because an iron age thing you always throw your armor bearers out front draw the first strike so that you can strike as they strike that's why kings always put the the weakest ones up front that's why on chess you have pawns jonathan said no you get behind me and he fought protecting his armor bearer instead of the other i wow humble dedicated to god's will and he carried david and david would not have been king if Jonathan had not have acquiesced and helped him. And so what we can say about Jonathan is Jonathan knew the will of God and he followed it even to his own cost. There's no, uh, there's no higher compliment than that. Another friendship, Elizabeth. She's the wife of a priest. Cammy will tell you, it's not always being easy being the wife of anybody in clergy, whether they're priest, pastor, minister, or the like. You live in the goldfish bowl, And that's all right. That's fine. We commonly say we can't, you know, she'll say she can't take me anywhere because, you know, I've I've been there. People talk, you know, they they see us or or the like. But Miss Cammie's at least as famous as me because, you know, everybody's amazed that, you know, she hasn't smothered me in my sleep or, um, you know, led an alternative army against me or something. So being the wife of a priest had to have been enough of of a job some people would have refused to accept zechariah as their priest anymore after elizabeth welcomed mary because mary wasn't quite married now i want to hasten to say something here we're talking about their society in their day we're not talking about our judgment or god's judgment on people but in their society being pregnant outside of real marriage was worse than scandalous in fact could draw the death penalty Uh, they could stone you to death although to be fair the jews had stopped doing that a long time ago and the romans had made it a law to make sure they never started again so still shunning shunning was almost guaranteed except that during betrothal pregnancy was not looked upon as adultery but why then did mary have to come and stay away well, because when someone's pregnant, you ask questions. Are you and Joseph expecting this? I bet Joseph is excited. Joseph's not excited. He's good. <laughs> but people come up and say, oh yeah, great. What, what are you hoping for? And he's just looking at him going, fulfilled prophecy? You know, what do you say? <laughs> so it's not so much that she's going to be shunned forever it's that the story won't be accepted and we know that because later as an adult jesus jesus is uh braced by people that say we know who our father was and they go after jesus so mary goes to elizabeth and and people talk the talking would have started for many 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 years in in ireland um, in particular Young girls would go across the water to England to visit family. And everybody knew what that meant. They were going over there to have their baby. And then hand it over for adoption. Or to an orphanage. uh, um, One of the religious foundling groups. And then come back and never speak of it again. Harsh, cruel, heartbreaking. All of that. But Mary had a place to go even if it cost Elizabeth and Zechariah their reputation. No wonder God chose them to send the world John the Baptist. Here's a guy that's not all that concerned about his reputation. Right? Rough man inside out and wearing rough clothes. And he's ready to you know, repent or perish. That's his stuff. No wonder God sent them that blessing. And that's where we are today really. Really? This is our takeaway. We make friends with others as Jesus made friends with us. We love them. We serve them. We share our goods. One of the, we're, we're one of the most efficient places for people to give because we have hosts here that are present right off stage. This is their home and they don't charge us a penny and they put up with innumerable interruptions because you see this doesn't have a private entrance as such. So we're walking right through their house day or night and that there's not once been a time that our host had pulled a broom and gone for us. <laughs> not to give you any ideas. Um, they've carried our safe harbor. We have Kirsten and Dave who have donated there lives to this. There's, there's no 40-hour week at this. Uh, our church, half of it's awake at any given moment because it's worldwide. And the, the work that comes in, Kirsten needs to have things by a certain time, and we, we all know what's going to happen. The next day, every day, people say, oh, this. And I don't understand the software at all. So I'll look at them and say, why can't you do that? And they, then they look at me, um, I go quiet <laughs> but they carry us they have to do all the fussing and the work and, the, and then we have a board that carries us and we have a local team but you know there's more you can do as well I'm going to ask you to think of an impossible thing because being a Christian we think of impossible things let's think of this I want you to play with something. This will actually only take you a few minutes on a calculator. Don't do it now because we're still doing worship. But let's say three thousand people are watching this week. We know that podcast downloads are well over four thousand a month. We we get um, YouTube video uh, views and Facebook views. We, we we can estimate. All right, three thousand. Let's use that. What if every one of us were to tell one other person about? our safe harbor and get them listening to jesus stories well then next year that would be six thousand next year that would be twelve thousand because you see we're not growing mathematically we're growing exponentially within 20 years or so we'll have in the billions that's how it works now it's impossible because you're going to have some people who can't tell others they're sick they're listening from their beds You have people who don't have anybody in their circle that it's safe to. We have watchers in Malaysia, Jordan, Kyrgyzstan, and and Turkey. It would be a little, they're going to have to be really careful about how they do this. But just think of those numbers and then think, even if we don't have the impossible, think of what would be possible if we shared these stories and carried each other. Living the life of a Christian means following Jesus. And he's our truest friend because he didn't have to come here and he didn't have to carry us and he didn't have to keep carrying us, but he did. And he is, you might think again, well, why even think about impossible things? Well, because this is impossible and it's happening. I'm going to just a 32nd video because that's all they're allowed to send. We had no idea when we started this thing that it would go beyond the internet. That it would go places that the internet is not allowed. But people heard and people heard. And now several of us are spiritual advisors to people on death row and life row. And Topper and Carol Long this week have accepted the job of heading up our ministries in these various prisons around the US because it's going to grow, it already is we have um so many stories i want to tell them but i'm not going to because you know, we need to we need to do this this is important i want you to hear from milton a man who has spent the vast majority of his life in prison a man who by all accounts is a model prisoner has never had one demerit in all of those decades not one has taken every course has volunteered to do every good thing and was unanimously put forward by the parole board with their highest recommendation to let him out. And yet he's not out. You would expect such a man to be bitter, despair, broken. But without asking, he didn't know about Friendsgiving. He just wanted to send me a little video, really sending it to all of us. Think about the impossible. Think about what God has done in two years. And then think about what you can do to make the impossible possible this coming year. Listen to Brother Milton. Dr. Mead.